Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Thursday morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Great to have you with me on the show that's all about your money. Asia Pacific markets are trading higher this morning on the back of another record setting performance on Wall Street overnight. Seoul is up 1.8%. Tokyo is not far behind and Sydney is up 1%. Investors appear to be cheering reassurances from US Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell that interest rates will not rise for some time. I break down all the market action now. Welcome, Ryan Huang. How are you? Morning, Michelle. Happy Thursday. Yeah, looking good. I woke up this morning thinking it was Friday. (laughs) You're almost there. (laughs) Thanks for the encouragement. Let's start this discussion here at home this morning. Just a little while ago, UOB, the smallest of Singapore's three listed banks, opened its financial books. UOB reporting a 32% drop in fourth quarter profits. Let's put this in perspective. How does UOB's performance compare to DBS and OCB? Okay, broadly, pretty much the same story. And going into UOB's numbers, you've got the fourth quarter net profit down 32%. And for the full year 2020, it's down 33%. So just like UOB and, or rather just like OCBC and DBS, pretty much the same reasons. The pandemic hit the economy across the board and we saw lower business activities And also net interest income declining because of those low interest rates. So those were the main reasons being cited for um, this drop. And if you look at what OCBC and DBS have also been saying, just like UOB, they are expecting credit costs this year to ease. So that's a good, good part about what's going to come in 2021. And this is as the government pandemic programs launched at the start of COVID-19 come to an end. So it will be a brighter year ahead and UOB specifically says it will be rebalancing its focus to look at more closely wealth management services, which have been one of its bright spots in recent quarters. And this is, of course, in the backdrop of how net interest margins, because of interest rates being low, will still be low for some time. Now, while UOB's profits are down on an annual basis, they did show some signs of improvement when compared with the previous quarter. Rising 3%, UOB credits higher margins and fee income for the gain. So, Ryan, can we say whether UOB has turned the corner or is it still too early to tell? There are some encouraging signs that we could see more bright spots and those bright spots getting brighter. And Q on Q, like you pointed out, although we saw on an on-year basis, it was down 32%. Q on Q, Q4 versus Q3, net profit was up 3%. And you are also looking out for potentially, or rather let's dive back to the reasons why. You saw Q4 building higher because of higher margins, fee income, as well as lower credit allowances. So lower allowances pretty much reflecting how they are not provisioning as much for defaults or bad loans. And that picture may be improving as you look at what's happening in the economy. The economy this year versus last year is expected to rebound from what was the worst recession in decades for Singapore. And this year, we are looking out for 4 to 6% growth for the economy. So on a broad stroke, you are looking at broad growth from some sectors at least. The property market is still quite strong. In fact, last year, it was quite resilient. And this year, we could expect loans growth from that segment as well. So that could help offset the low interest rate 
margin environment in 2021. So what can UOB investors expect in terms of dividend payouts? Okay, so here's what they are proposing. The board is recommending a final dividend of 39 cents. And this is an option for script dividend. And that is alongside the earlier interim dividend of 39 cents per share. So all in for FY20 it will be $0.78 cents per ordinary share. So there will be a payout ratio of around 45%. So just to put, thing, put things into context, mm. 2019 was $1.30 in terms of dividends and it had a special dividend of $0.20. Cents. No special dividend this time. The Hong Kong government announced a new stamp duty on stock market trades yesterday. It's the first time that it's raised financial transactions taxes since 1993. Now, the three basis point increase to 0.13% will help fund pandemic relief measures. So, switching over now to Hong Kong, while that might be good news for some Hong Kong citizens, investors didn't seem pleased. What do you think? Yeah, that spooked investors to some degree. And we saw the Hang Seng Index losing 3%. And this was all part of a broader set of budget measures. So it was Budget Day for Hong Kong. Mm. This was one of the things announced. And it is interesting because Hong Kong has been, to some degree, criticized by some parts of its population for not doing enough for the inequality picture. So... If you look at what's been happening on the stock market versus what's happening in the economy, it's a very different picture. Mm-hmm. Wall Street and many markets hitting new highs, but the economy is still in a bit of a slump. So that has actually turned the focus to, hey, maybe we should be taxing those people making profits on Wall Street to help the economy. And this is, to a certain degree, doing that. It's taxing people, trading, buying and selling on the stock market and using those revenues towards other social policies. So this is an interesting picture as well because this is actually what Wall Street has been trying to fight off. Uh, Democrat Senator Bernie Sanders has been pushing for something similar on Wall Street. So maybe this could help push the needle in terms of this also happening elsewhere. Hong Kong expects the increase in stamp duty to raise one and a half billion US dollars in its first year. Mainland based funds, among the biggest sellers in Hong Kong yesterday, they dumped more than two and a half billion US dollars worth of shares. So, Ryan, do you think this increase in the Hong Kong stamp duty could be good news for the Singapore exchange? Maybe the lack of stamp duties out here is going to make the exchange more attractive again vis a vis Hong Kong. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, if you take away or look into it in more detail, you talked about $1.5 billion extra a year. That will add to the coffers of $903 billion Hong Kong dollars. That's around $116 billion. So it is a drop in the entire reserve. So in terms of pushing the needle and helping reserves, it is actually not doing a huge meaningful part. So it has been seen as a bit of a political move just to show that the government or authorities are doing something to target the so-called wealthy or people trading on Wall Street or markets to some degree. So that is doing a bit to appease the criticism that has been receiving. Um, also worth noting, Hong Kong Exchange released results yesterday. Mm. Record profits after a record year because trading volumes were so high. Chinese IPOs. And Chinese IPOs as mm. well. Despite that, the Hong Kong stock itself, the Hong Kong exchange stock, was down 8.8% on the news. So yes. that wasn't a good reaction. Um, and of course, this was a bit of a spillover effect for other Asian markets as well, which were broadly down 
And it'll be interesting to see how things fare today. So far, going by the opening numbers, yeah. they are bouncing back. But back to the question, Ryan. Do you think SGX oh. is going to benefit? So back to the question. <laughs> Come back to the question. <laughs> I have a sense... Um, it will be negligible because mm. if you're trading through Hong Kong, it is going to be for a reason. Maybe for China exposure or for any other reason. It's going to be a reason you can't find elsewhere. So mm. that will just be the cost of business. You have to suck it up. All right. We'll, f- we'll figure that out as, as the days progress. I think it's an interesting um, angle to look at. Now, in the U.S. overnight, U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell testified before the House Financial Services Committee. Powell stressing the Fed is in no hurry to raise interest rates, and he said the Fed will not start raising rates until its goals on maximum employment and inflation have been reached. We'll see whether his comments put to rest, at least for now, market fears about inflation and higher rates. Meanwhile, the Fed suffered a problem overnight Fed systems that handled financial transactions, they went online for several hours. The Fed blaming an internal glitch. What is the latest here? Yeah, so this is a system that handles millions of financial transactions a day. And it was offline for four hours. So it deals with everything from payroll, tax refunds, interbank transfers. And like you pointed out, a bit of an internal glitch seems to be the cause of it and going by reports it seems like there wasn't a huge impact on day-to-day business it seems like most traders were able to go about their trades and initially they were a bit concerned but Mm. just started to go about doing what they do and managed to just take it in their stride so all in though it does despite the lack of impact raise the questions of how resilient the systems the financial systems the machines the Fed is using actually are. So it is going to likely attract more scrutiny down the road. And of course, this is in the backdrop of how the Fed is trying to take a bigger role in handling more transactions with more systems in quarters to come. Yeah, and speaking of business uh, continuity and glitches, I'm going to have a cybersecurity expert come on in about two hours and we'll discuss the issue in greater depth there. Now, this is not the first time the Fed systems have suffered an outage. Back in 2019, the Fed wire interbank fund transfer service went down for about three hours and then the Fed blamed the outage on an internal technical issue but declined to provide more details. Now, this most recent outage, four hours worth, comes as the Fed is preparing... To take on even more responsibility with an expansion of its payment settlement systems. Can't be a good thing. I want to turn to stocks now and some familiar names. Now, yesterday on the show, we mentioned a management reshuffle at GameStop where the CFO is on his way out. So, Ryan, investors liked that piece of news, didn't they? <laughs> it seems like they like it for some weird reason, right? <laughs> a lot of people are trying to figure out what happened to GameStop, scratching their heads, why is the stock going up? And going by some of the theories, it seems like investors um, are liking the report that the CFO was pushed out because he didn't agree with the strategy for a turnaround strategy for GameStop uh, that was being pushed forth by the board. And mm. the board, of course... Um, You've got Ryan Cohen. He's the co-founder of Chewy. And he is a bit of a popular figure in the Reddit crowd because he was the person who invested in GameStop last year to help it turn around. And it was after he invested that actually a lot of Reddit crowd started to power into GameStop to so-called short squeeze the GameStop stock. So with that report about how the CFO was pushed out 
indirectly maybe by Ryan Cohen. It seems that was a bit of a trigger for more Reddit ready to join the bandwagon. Reddit ready. I want to turn to uh, AMC Entertainment. AMC Entertainment shares jumped overnight, not as much as GameStop, rose 18%. So Ryan, AMC and GameStop shares first burst into the headlines along with a surge in trading on no-fee retail platforms like Robinhood. Warren Buffett's longtime business partner, Charlie Munger, though, has issued a dire warning about Robinhood's business model. He says, quote, it is a dirty way of making money. And he's warned about a bubble. Tell us more. Yeah, so Charlie Munger is a very respected investor. So he's pretty much number two to Warren Buffett. And he is pretty much pretty much bashing GameStop or bashing the whole Reddit-driven frenzy. And he's saying it's a dirty way how Robin Hood is making money. So he's saying it's not healthy how they are offering free trades, but it's not really free because there is a hidden cost. And it's actually also encouraging gambling and this is something he despises and he's saying it's a sign of a or an irritating bubble forming so i guess if you look at it from his lens he's a bit of a conservative investor he comes mm. from an old school type of investment yeah. approach mm-hmm. so to see this type of disruption maybe that is not his cup of tea so he is pouring a lot of cold water on what's happening with the reddit rally yeah, he's not the only one. Bill Gates also um, pouring water on the GameStop frenzy, saying speculation has no societal purpose. He said that the people who get in early get a windfall and the people who get in late feel like suckers. Uh, we'll take a closer look at the Reddit model as well in about an hour's time in Money and Me. I want to check in on local stocks. The STI bucked the regional trend yesterday to close up more than 1%. The blue chip regaining the 2900 level to close at 2924. So how is the STI doing this morning? Yeah, so the STI 1.2% up caps a three-day winning streak. Let's take a quick look at how we are shaping up for this morning. And going by the early indications, we are in the green with the rest of the region up 1.3%, 2,961 points currently. And stocks worth watching today. Mm. I got Capital Land on the radar. And of course, yesterday it posted its first full-year loss Mm -hmm. in nearly two decades, $1.6 billion loss. And even though it posted a loss, it managed to recover from an early drop to finish higher by 1%. And so far this morning, it's extending those gains by 1%. Uh, Of course, uh, we've got UOB results out this morning. So let's uh, take a quick look at how the banks are doing. UOB is leading the gains among the three banks. It's up by 2.2%. OCBC up by 1.5%. And DBS in the green by 1.9%. So banks and pretty much most of the SCI stocks are in the green. Well, thanks very much. Coming up on my stocks to watch list, Qantas and Didi Chu Singh. I'll tell you why in minutes. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.